0: The Holy Gospel according to Mark, the 13th chapter. Jesus said, In those days after that suffering, the sun will be darkened, and the moon will not give its light, and the stars will be falling from heaven, and the powers in the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in clouds with great power and glory. Then he will send out his angels and gather his elect from the four winds, from the ends of the earth to the ends of heaven. From the fig tree, learn its lesson. As soon as the branch becomes tender and puts forth its leaves, you know that summer is near. So also, when you see these things taking place, you know that he is near at the very gates Truly, I tell you, this generation will not pass away until all these things have taken place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. But about that day or hour, no one knows, neither the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. Beware, keep alert, for you do not know when the time will come It's like a man going on a journey when he leaves home and puts his slaves in charge, each with his work, and commands the doorkeeper to be at the watch. Therefore keep awake, for you do not know when the master of the house will come, in the evening, or at midnight, or at cockcrow, or at dawn, or else he may find you asleep when he comes suddenly And what I say to you all, I say to all, keep awake. The gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, O Christ. Jesus and his disciples have just left the temple. The disciples who were with him that day are in awe about the size of the stones and the magnificence and just the weight and the, the permanence of this magnificent place that's the pinnacle of Jerusalem. Jesus, though, warns them the day is coming when not one stone will be left upon another. All, he says, will be thrown down. Predictably, they want to know when. That's the question we would all ask at such a pronouncement. Well, when is that going to happen, Lord? He goes on to basically say that the coming of the reign of God will be as predictable as the budding leaves on the trees come spring and as unpredictable as as a householder who goes on a journey and leaves somebody to guard the house but doesn't indicate when he'll be returning. We have to be prepared at all times. Keep watch, Jesus tells us. Keep awake, stay alert, be ready. This is Advent, the season of watching and waiting and preparing for the coming of the Savior of the world except that while the first disciples are hearing from Jesus about mind-blowing magnitude and unpredictability and the the coming and breaking of the reign of God, we instead are setting up our Advent reads and our calendars and preparing to count down to a very predictable Christmas on December the 25th. We know exactly when it's going to happen. The season of apocalyptic waiting that Jesus calls us to is anything but tame or predictable. It's treacherous. Be ready, he says. Everything you count on as permanent will prove to be impermanent. The temple, your governments, your nations, even the sun and the moon and the stars, all of these will fail, he says, but God's word will not fail. The heavens and the earth will pass away, but Jesus says, my words will not pass away. This very generation will see the Son of Man coming in the clouds with great power and glory, and he will send out the angels and gather the faithful from the four winds from the ends of the earth to the ends of heaven. Keep watch. I am not a very vigilant watcher, when I am on land, but I am on constant alert when I'm on the water. Boating and keeping watch go hand in hand. They're critical for safety. You're watching for other boats from every direction. You're watching for swimmers. You're watching those buoys that indicate where the channel lies you're watching your engine you're watching your rigging you are watching watching all the time you have to constantly read the water looking for those ripples that indicate where currents and winds converge over submerged sandbars or those little v-shaped ripples in a stream that let you know that there's a submerged log ready to harpoon you If you're unsuspecting, in the same way that Kansas farmers read the skies and the insects and the winds and the wildlife for clues about changes in the weather. Except, Jesus says, the clues are going to be a lot bigger. Expect the unexpected, it's going to happen. Be vigilant, be prepared. Be filled with watchful endurance. It's more urgent. It's more strident. It's more exciting than anything we do to prepare for Christmas, far beyond an Advent calendar or a wreath. But he's not calling us to prepare for Christmas. He's calling us to prepare for a radically new life. It's anything but tame. It's treacherous. Be ready, Jesus says. Everything you count on as permanent will become impermanent. The temple, the governments, the nations, the sun, the moon, the stars, all of these will fail, but my word will not fail, says the Lord. Keep watch. We might be able to get an approximation of what he's saying if we consider the Vendee GLOBE. The Vendee Globe is a yachting race that is taking place as we speak. I'd never heard of it before last week. But the Vendee Globe happens once every four years. It is a race so dangerous, so grueling on the high seas that it's called the Everest of the sea. We're talking about a single-handed, solo, nonstop, around-the-world yacht race covering 24,000 miles, much of it in the Indian Ocean. It will take the winner three months, the winner three months to complete the journey. Others will take even longer. Most will be forced to drop out long before they get anywhere near the finish, and a few might not survive at all. The waves are as high as houses, reaching as much as 50 feet. This ceiling's only 30. The winds can reach 80 knots. Solo sailing means keeping constant watch, sleeping in snippets, sometimes 20 minutes at a time, day after day, month after month, trying to remember to eat. It means making repairs en route. It means monitoring your equipment all the time, trying not to slam into sleeping whales or icebergs or trawlers or the 15,000 shipping containers that fall off of ships every year and land and bob in the ocean. Masts will snap. Rudders will get smashed. Boats will capsize in the waves. And then there are the storms and the impenetrable fog. Solo. No stopping. No hands-on assistance. Those are the rules. Only one phone call a day to a team back on land, 11 people, and maybe a spouse or some other loved one in life. Solo doesn't mean unsupported after all. I found some uh, words of wisdom from a yachtsman, Conrad Humphreys, who learned to cope with the isolation back in 2004, 2005 on the Vendee Globe. His wisdom comes from working in team environments where everyone plays a part and everybody draws strength from the other. It seemed to me appropriate for Advent and COVID-19. He says, during the Vande Globe, his rudder broke 400 miles west of Cape Town in the race. He said, It was, he collided with an unidentified floating object. He'll never know what, what caused the damage. He thought the race was over, but he talked to his team back on land and working remotely, they came up with a workable solution to keep him in the race and they gave him the strength, he says. They gave me the strength to believe. They gave me the strength to believe that I could make the repairs and rejoin the race, which he did. He says, don't underestimate your ability to keep others, I mean, to help give others the self belief that they can get through otherwise isolated challenges. Do not underestimate your ability to give others the self belief they need to get through challenges. He says, prior to the rudder breaking, and for the most part, uh, the trip down the Atlantic, he was battling constant, often self-critical voices in his head. He said, I've heard that lots of athletes suffer from this. He said, it can be a positive effect. It can drive you harder, but it can also, um, it can also tear you down. He said, people who are isolated need to learn to praise their own achievements and give themselves a pat on the back. I think that's true for all of us as well. We need to learn to not just be critical of ourselves, but to be self-affirming and to celebrate our little successes along the way. And if you're supporting somebody from a distance, try to imagine what they might be going through, he says. A virtual hug may be a lifeline for somebody cut off from the world. So true. As you can imagine, he said there are a lot of times during the race like this, when you need emotional support to get through the bad times. And he says, having somebody that can empathize with your situation is part of the battle, but there are also times when you need sort of a kick in the rear. Focus only on the things you can control, he says. What wise words. Focus only on the things you can control and reward your progress. He says, in the final week before finishing the Globe race, the engine failed and I had no way to charge the batteries or to power my electronics and equipment. That's a bad spot to be in. He said, I tried to get the boat on course, balancing the sails. He said it would work for short periods of time, but it it wouldn't hold, and he wasn't able to get any sleep. And there were these light and unstable winds around the Azores High, and the boat just wouldn't stay on course, and he felt helpless, and he felt out of control. And he said, I was going around in circles, and eventually I took the sails down and I got some sleep. When I awoke, he said, I tried again but this time I made two short lengths of bungee to hold the tiller. With a clear head, I found a solution. And step by step, I finished finished the, the race. He said, if you find yourself spiraling out of control, sleep, eat, and try again. For those about to find themselves in a period of isolation, he says there's no need to be scared, but make good use of that time to get your boat in order and your head too. Jesus seems to tell us this is the time to be getting our lives and our heads in order. This is the time to anticipate what's coming ahead, and to be prepared, to be meticulous, to plan for what we might need on the journey. Especially important is to establish a routine, time for resting, time for maintenance, time for strategy. Make the environment safe as much as you can. Have enough provisions to get through the next few days. Maybe he said even cook a couple of meals ahead so when you're scrambling in an emergency, you're not worrying about how you're going to feed yourself. Plan your maintenance schedules. Check and double check. Everything is running as it should. Don't put off maintenance ever. Take it moment by moment. Embrace the journey. It occurred to me that the Vande and other races and the race that we run in our lives is not so much about the destination. Jesus doesn't say that. Even when the destination is coming, it's about the living not the finish line. In 2012, there was a woman competing in the de Globe. Her name is Samantha Davies. She contacts the race office to report that her boat has dismasted. That's pretty bad when your mast breaks off of your sailboat. It's not good. They reported to the press, Davies is not injured. She is safe inside the boat, with all the watertight doors closed. She is monitoring. That means watching, watching, watching the situation. And she does not require assistance. She is wearing her survival suit and has safety equipment at hand. Jesus would say, this is Advent. And every day of the rest of your life. It's easy to become complacent don't. He said, it's going to be easy to put your trust in the wrong things. Technology, maybe, like our navigational equipment, or our autopilot steering systems, or even just fair weather. And to let our guard down, Jesus says, don't. All these things will pass away, but my words, he says, will not pass away. Trust in God. Beware the false prophets. Stay alert. We may not know when it is to come, but we know who is to come. In another few months, the Vendee Globe contestants will arrive at their destination. And as the boats sail into the harbor, you can guarantee there will be flags flying and crowds cheering and champagne corks popping And there will be hugging of everyone and unquenchable joy and euphoria, and yet it won't begin to compare to the celebration that is in store for us on the day when the Son of Man, when Christ comes to gather us into a new day and a new dawning and a new life that is imperishable. At this time, we have a hymn, but we're going to ask those of you present to just be contemplative and enjoy the words and meditate on that, but we won't be singing here today, and those at home will receive the words and be able to join them.